What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Will they hear me yelling over the music earlier? Or is that no, cut? Carlos would definitely Carlos cut that. Carlos cut that. That's a shame. I don't uh, think it is. It's going to be a great show. I'm in a great mood. Jesse's throwing negative vibes at me, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, he's a little sensitive. I'm going to be, I'm going to be. You can't just say that. I'm not, I'm not a little sensitive. I just don't like to be the butt of all the jokes. And you know, I was sensitive from yesterday after that comment I, sh- I shared with you. Remember? So here's I'm the sorry. thing about the podcast. You really put yourself out there and. Sometimes it's like, oh, what did I I say yesterday? I'm literally talking to tell you. What did I do? You, what sucks is you didn't actually do anything. And now I wish you did something. No, you put yourself out there. You say, you say something that makes you sound like a dummy. And then you say, you know what? Don't even worry about cutting that one. All good. Here's what happened. I say linebacker. And lineman, (laughs) Mike, Mike wanted to make sure everyone knew that I did not know the difference. I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty good comment. It was clever. But the Apple comments get me sometimes. Oh, and you're this from one, a listener? This, oh, yes, of Jesus. course the listeners. Why are you talking, listening the to The listeners them? are who, that's the only people I care about. Oh, and it's your first mistake. He made a point of, I didn't know that Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. were doing the podcast. Uh, going Sully? On. Sully would be like the big bear. Do you have a picture? I don't, know, I don't know Monsters, Inc. It's a cartoon, I'm guessing? I have... I yes, it's a cartoon dude. It's a Disney that you did you just say I don't, I don't have, have kids, kids that watch TV? He sits around okay. and craps on himself and eats all day. Anyways, all, it, was all a, it was a solid burn, but it did get to my head. And then coming oh, in and I made God. a couple basketball comments already. Mike's already prepared and ready to go with hurling the insult. Which one's Mike? The one eyed guy? Is that me? Yeah. That's more of an insult to me. Well, you were just being Mike. You were just being, oh. you were Mike. I am I like the Sully. character Look at that of dude. Sully. He looks like a lineman who Here's, plays offense or defense. <laughs> lineman on both sides. Yeah. De- defensive lineman? Or? Well, defensive lineman plays defense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's offensive just lineman. Sure. He could play either. Like in a 4-3? Or? See, that's the thing. Here's the real <laughs> issue. I normally would let stuff go, but the last few weeks, and I appreciate you're doing this. Sure. You are getting now to a point where you're getting a little more comfortable because you know more than you did six months ago. Sure. But what comes with that also, though, is you're like, well, I'm now going to, well, maybe I'll take, I'll make a point about Dak or this. Sure. And if you're going to make the educated statements like that, which I'm glad you do. Do not talk about the Dak statement. I have to push back, though, from like the realistic Mm -hmm. side of like what I know. Absolutely. However, the listeners by and large are stupid. People who comment are idiots. I'm serious. Honestly, people who take the time to comment like that, although this guy made a funny, who cares what they think? Honestly, it doesn't bother me all that much. It is more of a like, hey, I was like coming in with that in the back of my head and then knowing like, oh, I already know we're going to talk a lot of NBA today. 
and I just don't feel as prepared as I want to be. I have so not. What? I haven't even gotten through the first chapter of the first book. Of well, Bill's the only book. book of Bill. I did. Uh, I posted this on that Instagram. Is the problem, I bought though. the book of basketball. And now I feel not only do I feel like, oh, I'm going to be educated. I, I'll tell you, I'm already entertained. He's a great writer. Um, but here's the problem. I'm already feeling the pressure of like, oh, boy, if I'm not really good at basketball after I read this, then you don't, again, just to be clear, your entire the not entire the majority of your value to the show. We both have value. Sure. Here. Yep. A offline like you carry the show sales. Oh. Tech, all that. And oh, on the thanks, show, buddy. your value is not knowing everything. If it's just two guys I, in a room who know, know everything, it sucks. That's why these other podcasts suck. It's two people who are identical, who know the same thing. We can vibe off each other. They're idiots. I want to do a quick, we haven't done this in a while. <sighs> this is just a reminder. This is all this is. If you're new what? to the show, I don't know about sports. There yes. you go. Just so people Correct. are familiar that with that. That is the point of the show, you That's, morons. He doesn't don't, know don't about Don't call them morons. No, people like that. I appreciate are, no. you sticking up for me, though. That's sweet. Um, Let's hear your stupid <laughs> <laughs> No, that, that is the point of the show. That's why it's engaging, though. I, don't yes, lose that. There's, if you I, ever get to the point where I feel like I'm having a conversation with a, like a knowledgeable sports fan, yeah. I'm done. Let me go ahead and open I don't want to do that. book and just read you. Like Ugh. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Perfect. Hori was always there if you needed him. Okay. That's a line from page 304 in the book. That's, well, that's the first part of To hear you read Robert Ori's name as Robert Hori is tough, but okay. <laughs> oh, my God. See, you set your... <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no idea. Okay. I just have literally. Let's talk NBA. We, the, the opening segment today, we are overreact. Oh. Listen to, because again, the dummies in the audience go, I can't believe they said that. Yep. This is strictly overreaction Thursday. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. I know these are poor decisions, but that's the ones we're making today. And are we talking card world or just in general? We're going to do a little bit of both. Okay. Well, you wrote it on here. So what did NBA you want? NBA overreaction? No, no, no. I just thought that everybody no, no, no. was. Do you have somewhere to start though? No, just... okay. I don't have anywhere to start. I did my only starting. Uh... Play... No, no, no. I'm just meaning that from a place of, I trust that you were very engaged, especially after that Celtics win. I feel like you've been hyped. You made that comment. You made the post in the Facebook group. I did. I want you to lead and I'll just kind of follow in. I'm going to name a few guys who I am prepared to spend money, ill-advised by the way. Ooh. And I understand. Understand that okay a little bit because I'm also trying to sell a Cade Cunningham card. <laughs> I want to buy some, but I got a weird gold college uniform Cade Cunningham card number okay. to ten. I want to sell because I just think it's a weird card. And it's probably worth a lot. Got it. Um, however, after seeing what I saw yesterday, this isn't news. There was a, I had five quick points I want to make. Number one, Porzingis when healthy is unbelievably talented. And he is by far the greatest number three. That's not true because of the Suns now, but as a number three option on the Celtics, if he can stay healthy, which he's not going to, mm -hmm. I already understand that. Yep. He's not going to make it out of this month healthy, probably. <laughs> Yesterday was that glimmer of why you take a chance with a guy like that. He put up 15 in the first 10 minutes. He was dominant on both sides of the court. He then went quiet for a quarter and a half. Fine. Don't, didn't need him to. Tatum went nuts. And he and Tatum were the only two people on the Celtics team I thought had really good on-court chemistry. The rest of the ask. team played well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the Knicks, by the way, are a tough team, and they're at home. It's a playoff team. They're at home. Brunson played well. Julius Randle had his moments. But I Porzingis and Tatum, to me, especially in the third and fourth quarter, I was like, oh, these guys are kind of have a little vibe going back and forth. I liked it. Um, Jalen Brown still terrifies me. But Porzingis is a guy whose market is not super high right now because there's so much fear of him. I have a couple decent cards. I would still consider buying more Porzingis stuff today, strictly based on me overreacting to last night. Really? Yep. Okay. So at this point, like I Tatum's hard to buy though. By the way, Tatum, I'm I just going to say, yeah, I've got probably, well, today's value is probably eight to 10,000 in Tatum cards, uh, all rookies, all PSA tens or SGC tens. Okay. I am holding Tatum stuff. I can't go out and buy it and I don't want to sell it right now. I feel like he's an MVP candidate this year. They're going to make a crazy run. They're going to be great. I'm going to hold his stuff to the playoffs barring what the world economy does. But that sure. is my only two thoughts on the Celtics as car, as it relates to the card world. I'm holding Tatum because I saw last night how good he can be and how dominant he can be. And I'm going to try to buy some Porzingis if it's not out of this world. Now, when you say you buy Porzingis, are you looking for a specific no. card? Or nice cards. I don't want anything base or no junk. No base. Okay. I want like autos. Here's the thing about super this. Super low-end refractors. He's a 2015 rookie, so his base is low pop, I get. But base has a stigma still that I don't care about. I was going to say his base is low pop, but his base silver? If you want to go with that. 500? That one is doing $150. No As a 10? 
And there's only 157 of them. You see, I'd buy some of those. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think, I'd try I feel some. like if you're going to be in on Porzingis. But I'd rather just buy autos and numbered stuff. But here's the problem, too. It's like that's over the last three months, that price has basically been Triple, the same. Right? Oh, no. really? Over the last three months. Oh, so it's a has, perfect time to buy. It hasn't spiked. I don't know. Like, But what if he does? Like, If he if at this point he doesn't like really perform well, and to your credit, you did point out you think he might not be healthy. Do you think that's just going to drop off? Absolutely. That's why I think it's probably a bad buy, but I'm willing to take the risk because of the potential upside. Okay. More than likely, he misses significant time this year. Yeah, I was going to But it, the off chance he doesn't, yeah. he's a seven-footer who can shoot from five feet behind the line and is on what you could argue is if he's healthy, you could argue that's the best team in basketball. Oh, is this the year of the big man? Um, if you go between February and August of this year, that card sold multiple times, but like below $75, so... So, just as I had, okay. just a warning. Yep. Again, I'm not. Okay, so that was number one. Number two, Cade Cunningham. Okay. Cade, the number one pick from two years ago, or from, well, technically three years ago now. You had Wemby, you had uh, I thought Cade was Paolo, and then you had Cade the year before. Oh, he was, yep. Uh, really, really good player. We know that he missed, I think he missed all of last season, or he got hurt really early in the year and then missed the rest of it. Had 30 points last night, nine assists, looked really good. That Pistons team actually looked really good against the Miami team. That's awesome. Um, I thought that's, I think he's another guy because he's coming off an injury, but he has a sky high ceiling and you can buy him relatively low right now. I think Cade is worth a look. I don't think that the, the tough thing there is if things go really well for the Pistons, they're a seven, eight seed. Okay. Really well. Yeah. They have good young talent. They have some, some nice pieces, rookies, second, third year guys. The East is a tough division to a degree or co- conference rather. So I like Cade, but he's limited because of how far the team can go. That's my one fear with him. But again, he's so cheap. I almost think he's worth a look. All right. So, Kate Cunningham, what's next? Zion. I hate to say it. Zion's, a you know, say what you want about the guy. Again, I don't think he's going to be healthy for the next 48 hours. But looked ridiculous. Absolutely going over the game, especially late. Okay. His presence at the rim is stupid. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr., to his credit, had a ridiculous block. But that guy is just going to posterize people all year. He still has a ton of hype. People are still, the other thing he has working to his credit, by the way, a lot of times overhyping early hurts people because they didn't live up. Mm -hmm. The difference is people sank so much money into him. There's still a lot of people like me who are holding and holding out hope. So I actually think in a relatively short window, this kid could have some nice little spikes here and there. I don't know that I'm comfortable enough going out and buying him, but I do think uh, he's interesting enough to say, hey, he's worth a look. I was going to say, I went through and pulled specifically Zion's like indexes, individual, um, how he performs as a whole through all of his cards. He is up slightly, uh, like 2% over the last month. But if you do go back even further than that, I feel like he, there's enough people swinging towards him. My only concern is like you said, there's so many people who invested in him before that they may be willing to get rid of him a little bit cheaper, even if he does start to perform, which might hold back pricing from spiking too much. It's possible. I just think his market will be very, very active. And that's a team that we could easily see going like a seven and one start to the year. He's averaging 26 points and posterizing dunks every game and people overreact because there's so much like hopeful anticipation. Like, man, I've got a ton of stuff. If he goes, oh, good. And if enough people think that, I think it could be a short term thing. Yeah. Which would be cool. Uh, Two teams and that's individuals. I know there's a million other people who played well, didn't play well, whatever. Um, we need to get somebody who knows NBA on here to actually talk about this. I, I messaged Lefko again. Now I'm just putting pressure on the show. Oh, Lefko's dead to us. No, he can. I don't understand. He does. Well, he like, have a, I think they just had a kid or they're having a well, kid. Well, yeah, they're too, about so. to have a kid. But I mean, I'm not asking him to travel. I'll get tell you this. Podcast. Give it 10 years. I guarantee Theo beats his kid one-on-one <laughs> in basketball. I'm going to say that right now. It's a challenge. <laughs> that's a that's a tough challenge. I'm telling you right now, I can take Lefko <laughs> one-on-one. Okay. The Thunder to me. Super young team. Okay. Everybody has been waiting for this This team. We had SGA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Chet Holmgren come back healthy this year. You had Giddy. You had a bunch of guys on that team. And, and SGA, by the way, is legitimately, if that team starts winning and getting a little more attention, is like a superstar in the league, if he's not already. Yeah. That's a team. I think the sum of the parts could individually just kick all. It's like, oh, the Thunder of this young. They are the young, it, upcoming team, all that. And every single one of their markets goes up because of it. So I think the Thunder are a cool team to look at. Again, I don't know enough individually. Um, Holmgren was interesting to me because his pricing was cheap because he missed the whole last season. But his pricing's also come back really strong. So I don't know if I'm buying him. But SGA, to me, it's a comparison of how does SGA sell compared to, again, apples to apples, card to card. How does he sell compared to Luca? compared to Tatum, compared to Joe, compared to all these guys? 
If you find vast discrepancies, I would say the only thing holding him back is his team has not had any playoff success. If this is the year, then he could obviously close those gaps. So I think SGA is a guy you could look at, and then the other, the whole supporting cast there is kind of fun to watch too. Ultimately, he's from 2018, right? So five years back. Mm-hmm. If they don't go to the playoffs, is there is that going to permanently hold back some of these guys who have already been in the game for more than say two or three years? Like if they have not been to a playoff, even if they play well, I thought they made the playoffs last year. Did they have a playing game last year? The Thunder. I can I'm go pretty sure and... they were the nine or ten. But either way, they haven't had playoff success. We know that. Mm-hmm. If this year, if you think they will, which again, who knows? Maybe they will. Fantastic. I think he's worth a look. And the Clippers, by the way, the exact opposite of that team. The Thunder are like the young up and coming. You know, let's kind of gamble on their future. The Clippers are like the old, forgotten, haven't really got back to the peak or have never been at a peak. So like. Kawhi Leonard obviously has had a couple championships and is a cemented all-time great, mm-hmm. but he's missed the last year and a half pretty much. He's had no relevant moments in basketball. Kawhi appears to be healthy. Paul George appears to be healthy, which again, Paul George, a guy who's never been to a championship or had a crazy run like that. Uh, maybe this is the year. And then Russell Westbrook is there too. The, the Clippers are a weird team, man. It's like the old guys who, and maybe they get their crap together this year and do it. Again, Kawhi has, but the other two don't have any rings, so... Did you watch any of the Lakers? Anything? Not a second. Yeah. Who did they play? Just, I didn't even know they played. Lakers played Nuggets on Tuesday. They lost 119 to 107. Joker, of course, looked phenomenal. I think Simmons was commenting about Joker 29, 13, 11. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, he, I think it was he, Luca, maybe one or two others pulled a triple double in their first game. Luca had a massive triple, 33 point triple double last night when nuts. Yeah. It was, uh, it was awesome. But I was wondering to see if you had any thoughts on, you know, LeBron this year, if this, at this point, I wonder if like me getting into sports, like it, it, watching LeBron is not what every, what I expected. It's not what everybody hyped LeBron to be over, you know, the last well, decade. But right, again, he's he is, 40. Exactly. Close I mean, to. he's getting way up there in age. So it's he's like 39, but I mean, he's still pulling in 21 points. He only it's had, just different. He, he's I know. just, it really is like for guys who watched him 10 years ago. He commanded the game. And you can hate him all you want. He's always been a flopper and a whiner. I don't care. Actual production on court. There was almost never a question he was the best player on the court. And now he's he's excellent for his age. Yeah. That was he my is thing. not a kid. And, and that team's not great. Like, I, I like I, I like Anthony Davis. The guy has made a glass. Uh, even Austin Reeves. Maybe he has a great season for them. I don't think they are anywhere near the ballpark as a team. As like a team like Denver, Phoenix. I mean, the Clippers, if they're healthy. I just, there's so much talent in the West. I just don't think they have a shot. I just wonder if we've reached a point where LeBron, the longer he stays in, the worse it's going to do for his card value. I mean, maybe the only good thing is he's like getting all time records now too, which helps, but yeah, but there's also such a disdain for it. It's so amazing. Like how much it's crazy. How much people's vision of him changes because they hate how he plays. I don't like that. He's a whiner. And I like that Kobe was the killer mentality. And when he dislocated his finger, he would pop it back into place and go play the game. I like that. But at the same time, if I'm starting a team tomorrow, I think LeBron wins more games and championships over 10 years, all things being equal, than Kobe does. I think LeBron is an all-time greater player than Kobe was. Like, okay. I don't, Kobe's a killer. Good yeah, for him. Yeah. Kobe was a, a guy I want with the ball in his hand the last 30 seconds. No question. To win one game even, sure. Yeah. On a crappy team, though, LeBron's going to get that team to a championship probably still in his prime. Kobe's not. And I loved Kobe, by I, the way. Even as a Celtics fan, Kobe was my guy. But that's why the, the judgment around LeBron and his value is so much now based on how people just don't like him. And I've also never seen somebody who's arguably the second or third greatest player in the history of their sport get crapped on more than LeBron. Oh, for sure. Like nobody yeah. sits around and craps on Peyton because he's not Tom. No. But people kill LeBron because he's not Michael. But I don't think it's Peyton's also out there just saying he is the greatest. That's, it's fine. And, and LeBron doesn't help his own case, but it is wild to me how much is affected uh, by just his, like how much people dislike him. Okay. Uh, well, that actually, so we have run the gamut of NBA and there's still plenty to talk about, but we are getting to the point where we've got our guest who uh, we think was finally made a real appearance on the show. Jeremy Lee from Sports Cards Live has joined us to talk hockey. Jeremy Lee, how the heck are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. And you can hear us. We can hear you. Everything's good. It's all good. Double horns. Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, we did have him on the show on Monday. It did not end up working out, even though it was great to see him Why twice in one up? week. 
Because he, everyone already knows he was on Let the, it go. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so now that we've got Jeremy, we we've got you puck. here. We need you to give us any kind of insight on what's going on in the world of hockey and who we need to be looking at. Well, hang on. For, let's get serious first off, Jeremy. Okay. Oh Talk to me about Bedard. This kid has been hyped up as much as any prospect in any sport I've ever seen. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Wemby, whatever. What What is the thought here behind this kid? Well, you're right. He's been hyped up like like crazy. And uh, I think you got to proceed with some caution, to be honest. I mean, he's he's a good player. He's got he's got wheels. He's got hands. He's got he's got hockey sense. But he's small. He's smaller than Crosby. He's smaller than than uh, than than McDavid. And I like what Chicago did. You know, they brought in a couple of vets to, for him to play with and learn from Corey Perry and Taylor Hall, who's been hurt on and off again. I think he's got the potential, but I don't think you're going to see him come out and, and do what Connor McDavid did in his, in his rookie year. I don't think he's going to be the league leader in points in his first year or two. Might take a few years, uh, if at all. So I say proceed with caution, but also watch him. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, those are my thoughts. I'm not going out and buying all those cards. I'm not buying his early cards, hoping to make a ton of money on them. I don't usually do that with prospects anyway, but he's somebody that, like you said, Mike, so much hype. And I would just, I would just say, proceed with caution. That, that's, uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in the in the Bedard basket. Would be my advice. Sure. And, uh, and any other rookies in that stand out? Because I, I feel like, again, I'm a super outsider looking in at the hockey market at all. But like, I've seen this in basketball. I've seen this in baseball and football, even where one guy, like Wemby, for example, the majority of people who are not as into the sport as I am and, and into cards like we are couldn't tell you the next best player in this class because it's all just Wemby and it stops there. And other guys are affected so much because of that. It's ridiculous. They're almost become to the point where it's like, oh, these guys are kind of underrated, undervalued. Are there any rookies like that in the NHL right now where it's, hey, Bedard's just soaking up the sun so much, they're kind of left behind and maybe they are worth a look. Yeah, as far as pure rookies go, I mean, guys who were drafted this past year that are in the league right now, in, in Columbus for the Blue Jackets, you've got Adam Fantilli. Uh, he's playing really well. I think he's one of these guys that, well, he'll be overshadowed from a rookie perspective by Bedard, but he's also playing in Columbus, which is not, you know, a premier NHL market. Uh, you also have Matthew Nyes. He plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's actually playing really well also. And he plays for Toronto, so you're going to see some extra hype on him. Uh, those are, you know, those are who I'm looking at as far as pure rookies. You've got this Carlson kid in Anaheim as well, scored his first goal the other day, but they're a, they're just a bad team. So, you know, you might want to watch what Trevor Zegras has done there last year, I believe was his rookie year. And, uh, you know, he had a good year, but I feel like the sophomore slump might hit him. And that whole team is, is just not that offensive. So I think after Bedard, you got Bedard, you got Carlson, you got Fatilli and Matthew Nyes. Those are the kind of the, the quartet of rookies that I'm watching this year. Hey, I've got a question. Pretty basic, Jeremy. If I am totally new to the world of card collecting and hockey, what am I looking at as far as stats go for a player other than point or goals? <laughs> I mean, uh, you're looking for goals and assists, the combined points total. You know, That's, hockey okay, is very that simple. Is. One point for goal, one point for an assist. So. That's what you're looking at. You might want to also look at shooting percentage and total shots. Like if you look at Yahoo Fantasy for hockey, you know, there's several different metrics that you can choose to have points awarded for in your league. Some of my favorites are shots on goal. That's a fun one because you know you have a player who is going to be taking a lot of shots and shots end up resulting in goals over time. Shooting percentage, you have to combine the two to get their total goals. Uh, you, time on ice, power play time on ice. Very important. That means that the coach believes that you're going to help produce goals and offense. That's what you need to win games, obviously. So uh, those are the ones that I look at, you know, hits. I don't care so much about hits and penalty minutes and plus minus. Those are, those don't do much for me as a fantasy player. And, you know, there are the correlations between fantasy and sports cards. So, uh, you know, Jesse, that, that's, uh, that's kind of where I, where I fall on that. Now, Jack Hughes, I've heard, is also a very popular player, but he's not a rookie. Would you like someone had sent me over some information on him? I'm going to keep my sources private. Um, he said that he might score 50 goals this season, up uh, maybe even hit 100 points. Is he actually as hot as what the my friend here uh, described him as? 
Hotter, my guy. Hotter. Really? Jack Hughes is having a monster breakout season so far. I think he's already got 20 points in like six games, something crazy like that. You know, unless he gets hurt, he will he will blast past 100 points. He's not the biggest goal scorer guy. Like in his last two games, I think he has seven assists and no goals. But he's getting primary assists. You know, you get in hockey, there's the goal and then the two players that touch the puck before that, the goal scorer, get the assist. So you have the first assist and the second assist. The primary assist is often like, it's tough to say it's more important than the goal because no goal, no win. But the primary assist player is the one who has the sense, who is putting the puck on the on the goal scorer's stick to put them in a position to score. As Wayne Gretzky was an assist machine. Jack Hughes has hockey sense, I believe, and I've been told by professional hockey players uh, that is second to Wayne Gretzky. Jack Hughes is a major player. He's he's like one of my, he's my favorite young guy in the league. You know, he's having a breakout year. We're also seeing breakout years. Two guys in Detroit are having breakout years. Now, Detroit has come out uh, out of the gates just on fire. Dylan Larkin and Alex Debrinkit are both on fire. Now, are they going to sustain that through an 82-game schedule? Probably not. But, I mean, they're they're showing what they're capable of right now. Those three guys I have kind of highlighted as your early season breakout players. Nice. Okay, so... What about if I am like looking to invest in a, a certain player? Does it, how much does it matter the market that they're in? Like if I, I assume that Toronto is a very hot hockey market in, I don't know, Columbus. Florida, Columbus is a very cold market. What, what am I, would I be better invested in a Toronto player than a Columbus player? Even yeah. if like the Columbus player I mean, is better. All else being equal, a hundred percent. The The market's really important. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like as a, as a collector, uh, do I want to hold cards of players or am I going to be motivated to collect cards of players who play in, in small market teams or non-traditional market teams? I mean, maybe in, in a, you know, maybe there are some exceptions where I will, but it's going to be few and far between. Like, look at Tampa Bay, you know, a non-traditional hockey market that has three or four of the best players in the NHL, their, goal, their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, he's he's the best goalie in the NHL. Uh, that's pretty much unarguable. They've got uh, Nikita Kucherov. He's an absolute goal-scoring, point-producing machine. You got Steven Stamkos, one of the best players in the last 15 years. And then you got Victor Hedman, arguably the best defenseman, uh, him and a couple others in the last 15 years as well. Their cards don't sell for as much as you'd think. Stamkos went on a big run hobby-wise, you know, from his rookie year 0809 for the next five years. But then McDavid came in the league, and people kind of fell asleep on Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos was the hottest player in the hobby, hockey-wise, for a long time. So to answer your question, Jesse, yeah, you know, you're better off collecting, for example, uh, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, than you are Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning for that exact reason, market. I, the guy who, and I'll just say Greg Lance Todd, he's like a, a longtime listener. He also has his own podcast. He talks a lot about hockey and he mentioned Austin Matthews as well. And he points out in a few of the guys that he mentioned, he says American, like he's also American. He makes a point to say that. Does that make a big difference as far as uh, investors in the U S market goes? Do you think? I think it should. I mean, I think it should, especially in the United States. I mean, the the, Amer uh, the Americans are so patriotic, um, greatest country in the world. I I would I would think that if I and I'm not American, but if I was, I would be leaning towards collecting American-born players like Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews, uh, among others, because I'm going to feel more of an allegiance towards them. Uh, you know, more in common. As a Canadian myself, I collect Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and Wayne Gretzky, you know, the greatest Canadian players uh, of our era. So I think it I think it should, Jesse. But also as a Canadian, I will collect American-born players. I like a lot of American, like Mike Medano and Pat LaFontaine. I mean, Brian Leach. These are some of the best players of all time. Uh, Brett Hall. Like, I love these guys. And I collect their cards, too, even though I'm Canadian. But, you know, I'm a... I'm a hockey fan. I love collecting hockey cards. Nice. Just to be clear, he said Brian Leach, great defenseman, not Brian Leaf. 
out of shape card salesman. No. I don't think Brian Leaf is much of a skater. I just want to make sure we have that established. We don't know what he's doing now that he's retired. He could be. We sure do. I saw his YouTube the other day. <laughs> you know I don't think he's, he's skating. Yeah, he's uh, dyeing his hair and making YouTube videos. And that's we, fine. Good for Brian. Hey, I have a, I have a selfish question, Jeremy. Uh, I have been with every other sport. I would say in the last three months, I've made a Grail type purchase because to me. You know, again, I'm, I try not to be one of these idiots who just gets on here and speculates, buy this, sell this, all this other crap. But, but to me, the, I looked at the card pricing. I was like, okay, Brady is super cheap right now from what I've seen. So I got his contenders at the National. That card is probably worth a tiny bit less now, but I didn't care. Like, I'm going to keep it forever, and I think in 10 years it's worth more. It's not the absolute floor, but I wanted it. Uh, in basketball, I bought a big bird card because same thing, I wanted it. I've bought two nice Griffies recently because same thing. It was like, hey, these are relatively cheap. Maybe they go down, but I want them. One car that I have been talking about forever is an autographed Bobby Orr rookie. What is the state of like the hockey market? And again, I'm not saying buy this, sell this, whatever. But if I'm a guy in the market for a Bobby Orr autographed rookie, is now the time in your opinion? Or is it, hey, you still have plenty of time to wait. There's no change. What's that kind of landscape look like for vintage stuff? Well, a couple of things. I want want to give you a a complete answer to this, Mike, especially if I'm giving you some, some like purchasing advice. So first of all, as you guys know, and a lot of people know autographed vintage rookie cards have really shot up in in interest desirability in the last year or so they are kind of they're having their moment let's say and will that moment end i don't know maybe it'll settle down but i think it's a worthy it's not what i collect but i understand it so there's that you know these things are are there hockey cards in general like hockey collectors are so passionate and uh i believe that that hockey has the strongest foundation of collectors outside of baseball i think baseball by far the strongest foundation of collectors not flippers not investors collectors followed by hockey i think basketball is very transient we've seen a lot of people come in and 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 kind of make basketball or push basketball to the forefront since the pandemic it wasn't ever you know it, it wasn't ever right up there it was kind of baseball first then there was football, then basketball and hockey were kind of at the bottom. And I'm not even talking about like soccer and the others. So hockey, I believe is safe long-term because that passionate collector base is not going away. They're not going to go away when, when values go down, up and all around. Whereas basketball, we're seeing, we're seeing basketball kind of go cold right now. So there, there's that. Now you're talking about Bobby Orr, like one of the greatest of all time, probably like as far as vintage cards go, Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe, and Bobby Hall are the three most in, in Beckett magazines, Mike, right up until well, as long as <laughs> until Beckett was no longer relevant in terms of their, their price guide. Yep. Those three cards were the most valuable in the price guide. Each basically listed at $3,000 from, you know, the mid eighties until the mid nineties. So you're picking the right card. You're picking an autograph on card, which is something that we've seen go up in value lately, but you're in, I believe, you know, if, if not baseball, the right sport where whatever, like if things go south, you're not going to, you're not going to see a 50% decrease in value. You might see, you know, swings with the economy. And I think that'll be as bad as it'll get. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby's kind of always been like, I met him as a kid and he was like my, it's funny. Like the, I don't have it. I have, I own one hockey card and I just got it six months ago in a lot that I bought to flip, but I was like, I'm keeping this one. It was an on card. I think it's upper deck glass. It's like a super thick, like a 180 point card, uh, totally see through like a, like a piece of it's, it's plastic, but like a glass and it's an on card Bobby or auto. But I met him as a kid. And what's crazy is the most sentimental player I would ever collect, even though I don't collect him is, or my dad, like he is my dad's hero. Like, it's funny. Like other people you talk about, like Ted Williams was my grandfather's guy and Brady's my guy. Bobby or without question was my dad's guy. Uh, and then recently, so from when I was a kid hearing about him, met him as a kid, he was awesome. Dad's hero. And then for my baby shower, my wife's cousin, he cleans his windows. We got an authentic Jersey, uh, the whole like actual sweater from, uh, what is it? Majestic, whoever makes them. And he inscribed it to my kid, signed it. It's this awesome piece. My wife gives it to me last week, framed up shadow box. It's beautiful. Just got hung up in the house. And I was just like, man, this is like the epitome of sentimentality for me. I was like, I got to get his rookie card. So I have, I've been thinking like, it's time to stop talking about it and actually pull the trigger. So now I'm, I'm like determined to get a Bobby or rookie card. Well, you're, you're, I mean, if you're a Boston guy, you know, you could, you should, you could also be looking, if you want to stay, if you want to be active or just a little bit, have something more modern, like Patrice Bergeron, like one of the best all time under the radar players 
whole career with the Boston Bruins, one of the most gentlemanly players in the in the history of the league, with a ton of off- offense under on his resume. Patrice Bergeron, I think, is a great player to collect. I I have a, a mini PC of his. I love I love him as as a player. And then right now you've got David Pasternak, who's one of the most like outside of McDavid and maybe Drysital in Edmonton. He might be the most, and now Jack Hughes, he might be the most offensive player in the NHL on your Boston Bruins. So you guys are quite fortunate to have some great players. And the other thing to go back to the earlier question too uh, about market is original 16. The Boston Bruins have an amazing fan base. They're not going anywhere. No matter how many people tell you that hockey is not popular in the U.S., it's popular in Detroit, Chicago, New York, and Boston, among some other cities. So you guys are lucky. You got some great players. Go to the Garden. It's not the Garden anymore. But go to the Garden when the when the Bruins are playing in season, and tell me it's not pop. Like it's yeah, it, it takes over the city. Hey, so we do have a few mailbag questions. Can I throw a couple of them at you before we? Uh... Jesse's done with Boston talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I feel like the audience got their fill. Um, all right. So first question, Jason Russo wanted to know scarcity is everything when it comes to modern cards. So how do young guns, rookie cards continue to hold so much relative value when they're so common? Who are the biggest young gun risers in the first week of the season? Would you say it's all well, the first part of that question is brand. I mean, you know, they produce tens of thousands of these things and they continue to be valuable because uh, I be- and listen, I don't own a single one anymore. I'm not a, a young guns guy, but a lot of the hobby is. I think there, I think there are way more interesting cards out there to collect for for rookies. But it's a brand. The young guns have been around since the first year of Upper Deck in 1990-91. So the this year, like who are the biggest risers right now? Okay, so you've got Jack Hughes for sure. You've got Dylan Larkin. You've got Alex DeBrinket. And then the other guys that kind of are, I believe, poised for big seasons. I don't want to say breakout seasons because they may have broken out like last year, but poised to continue and be this the next generation of, of top offensive producing players in the league. You got Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. You got Tim Stutzla in Ottawa. Now, Ottawa is not a huge market team, but he's a great player and they're an up and coming team. You've got the Kachuk brothers, Matthew in, in Florida. And uh, Brady also in Ottawa, Clayton Keller in Arizona, you know, non-traditional market, but Clayton Keller, a great player. Uh, Tage Thompson in Buffalo, another guy who's just a 40 goal goal scorer. Jordan Cairo is having a good start to the year in St. Louis. Uh, Jack Eichel. I mean, this guy was supposed to be as good as by some people, as good as Connor McDavid had a very slow start, some attitude issues, won a Stanley Cup last year in Vegas, and I believe is going to have a really good career. And then a couple of defensemen I like, Rasmus Dahlin in Buffalo and uh, Miro Heiskanen in Dallas. These are some other good players. On the goaltending side, guys, we haven't talked about goalies yet. Two guys have had a really good start to the season. Bounce back years, Jordan Bennington in St. Louis and Carter Hart in Philadelphia, who was a hobby darling in his rookie year. And he's having a good a good year uh, out of the gate again. So those are the guys that I'm watching right now. Hey, hey, Jay, is it true that, again, I'm just, I've heard this. I have no clue if it's true or not. That goalies are kind of like pitchers where if they go off and they have a great thing, it's cool. They'll have their moment. But by and large, like that's just a tough position for hobby love. Or is it not really? Is that overstated? It's a bit overstated. That applies more okay. to defensemen. Goalies. Oh, okay. Yeah, because look at, look at, I mean, defensemen, you got Kale McCarr, who is one of the best players in the league. He's probably a top five player in the whole league as far as you know value to his team and he's offensive and he's got a stanley cup and he's got a he's got a rookie of the year and i think he won the con Smythe as most uh, valuable in the in the playoffs when they won their cup um but as for goaltenders yeah they kind of go through like both the guys i just mentioned carter hart and jordan binnington in their rookie years they were hobby darlings they had a ton of hobby love and then you know they didn't they didn't kind of follow it up it took it. They kind of took a couple years off of, be, of being best goalies in the league or top five, but now they might be back. Goaltenders, you have to be more patient with. Don't give up a ton of hope in them on them. But as far as the hobby does go, to your question as well, Mike, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, these are some of the best goaltenders uh, of our generation, and they still get the hobby love. Never mind the Terry Sawchucks and uh, Jacques Plants and Ken Dryden, who also do from you know the fifties and sixties. So goalies, I think, are 
you know, defensemen fall under goalies as far as uh, hobby interest. Okay. All right. I got one other question for you, uh, Jeremy. So this one comes from a Jeremy Roper. What other hockey cards besides young guns and SP future watch autos are worth chasing after? Seems like anyone, uh, any that people talk about is young guns. Yeah. Young guns is, is young guns is like your, your uh, Panini prism. You know, it's, it's the, it's kind of the, the every man's card. It's the most common, you know, card shops in Canada will have a whole showcase just for young guns. Um, so, I mean, I like to look at rarer cards. I, I personally, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of rubies, rubies in hockey that are out of 50. Uh, essential credentials. I saw an Austin Matthews rookie year essentials, essential credentials. The card's out of 34 copies, guys, and it's die cut on acetate. It's an amazing card. Sold for like $400. It's an amazing card. Meanwhile, his, his young gun that's out of like 50 to 100 to maybe a quarter million copies sells for like $1,500 to $2,000. So there are, there are some, (laughs) there is such an opportunity in hockey and I, I'm not going to speak to the other sports, but there's such an opportunity in hockey to make some savvy plays on cards that are rare and scarce. And we had a moment a couple of years ago when, you know, PMGs and, uh, and essential credentials and jambalayas and all these, all these cool, rare inserts, uh, ha- had a, had their moment, and I think they're still having it. It's just not as as intensified, and I think that's going to come back and happen again because what's like we like things that as human nature we like things that other people don't have, right? And everybody's got a young gun. Not only does everybody have a young gun, there are people that are stacking fifty, a hundred, two hundred of these cards. What does that mean long term when they go to dispose of those eventually? Because they will eventually. They're gonna, the market's going to get flooded with these things. So I made the conscious decision a, a couple of years ago to sell off all my young guns, Ovechkins, Crosby's, McDavid's, Matthews, sold them all, don't own a single copy right now. SB Authentic Future Watch Autos, also an amazing card out of $9.99, which is a, a big number. They are autographed and they're beautiful. I like those, as your, your, your writer uh, mentioned. But without giving a specific, oh, Ice Premieres out of 99 those rookie cards are, are also pretty awesome. So. There's a lot of options. Start with print run. Start with a serial number. You know what are they? What are they out of? Because if there's no number on them, uh, like Young Guns and some others, sky's the limit on how many there are. And I think the floor is the the limit on what they could could be worth. Jeremy Lee, Sports Card Live, guys, check him out. He's on YouTube, and you've got your podcast everywhere. You get podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We are coming on and talking hockey. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Great to be back. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. All right. There you go. There's Jeremy Lee. And we are running close out of time. We got to do PWCC market review. Uh, Did you have anything else you want to talk about before we got there, though? Uh, Two quick quarterback notes. Sam Donald starting in San Francisco. I don't care about, but I'm buying the hype on Will Levis, too. I don't care. I think he's going to stink and he probably isn't going to play, but I'm trying to buy Will Levis cards to flip next week. At this point, you already put out a call. Did you actually buy any? I am negotiating for a couple, but eh, we'll Nothing. see. Okay. Nothing um, yet. And again, I don't expect it. He's going to be poor Zingas. He's going to crap out too. It's going to be terrible, but I don't care. I'm going to try. Uh, there's also, there was a couple market updates, just a real quick uh, hobby news thing. So there was an announcement from, uh, who do we call Paul Paul Lesko, the hobby lawyer. He basically just went through the uh I guess, opening the timeline for the Fanatics uh, Panini lawsuit. He said it will basically not start till January 2026. That is that is what they're predicting right now. January 2026, when this thing actually gets started. That's like after they do all the discovery and trial, or the jury selection, all that kind of thing. Kind of crazy. So if there was any thought of like, hey, is Panini going to fold to fanatics before then it's looking less likely uh, if this thing's not actually starting until January of what two a little over two years from now. So that was interesting. The other note um, was just a little taco fracture update. I think a sports card investor put out a post of like, who is, you know, who to invest in if you're actually wanting to try and win this, like who has best odds. Corbin Carroll was on the top of that list. Right now, it looks like, uh, yes, yesterday, the 25th, Corbin Carroll's 
Taco Fractor card sold. 3000 I was going to ask if you had a guess. It's it's also numbered one out of five. Um, So yeah, that's a thing that's happening. There's another, I guess, another of his cards, the uh, out of five going for 10,000. That's just what they've got it listed as or best offer. I'm, I, I can't, it doesn't make sense, whatever it is what it is, but there you go. That's what's going on with the, the love of Taco Bell and the hobby. Um, all right, let's head up the weekly review, and then we'll head up our mailbag. You pulled a number of things up already. You're already bidding on things, right? Yeah, there's a couple Brady's. I'm not going to talk about everything because I got killed on this last time. I would say there's a bird old-school refractor that I am pretty determined to win. Uh, it's not a big card, but it's one of my favorite sets of all time. So I am, I'm going to make a real push there. Okay. The other ones I'm a little bit curious about. Like There's some Brady um, mid-2000 chrome there's like 15 different, all the different color refractors. There's pristine. I just have a feeling somebody's going to sell cheap because, you know, there's like 10 or 15 of them listed. So I'm going to bid on some of the colors. They're almost all PSA 10s. And then there's also an upper deck, 2000 upper deck gold reserve Tom Brady rookie. That's a BGS 9.5. I actually, that was one of the cards I traded into my Brady contenders at the national. At that point, it was like 2,200 bucks. If it's a lot less than that, I'll buy that card and just throw it in the box because it's a Brady. I, I did pull a cam uh Cam Thomas card up just because I don't know. I, I know it's going to be worth very little very soon, but on the off chance that he continues to perform very well, uh it's five dollars right now. I am high bidder. I actually now I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I'm starting to regret that I'm talking about it because I know that you'll easily outbid me. Um I also have a mex bid. I'm not telling you what that number is, but PSA 10 Cam Thomas why not? I'm taking a shot in the dark. Uh, there's also a number of other Star Wars cards that I keep getting outbid on each week. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at those. But there's something a little more unique. I found this uh, Goonies Josh Brolin card on here. I'm going Brand? after this. I, is that his name? Brand? You're darn right it is. With the headband? <laughs> yeah. Brand. Uh, Favorite was, movie of my childhood. I was more of a data guy. I would, oh man, I see a data card on here. But it's also an auto so I am bidding on this. I'm not going to say max bid, but that's what's going on right now. Uh, that was really cool. I thought um, as far as your non-sport things go, there's also, if anybody is interested in just like old Batman stuff from like 1966, that's there's a few of those on there as well. I'm trying to find, again, I'm still working on my project of like giving out gifts of cards. So um, I, I mentioned before, I got like some Beatles stuff from my dad. Uh, Roy Orbison. I'm also going to try and get an Elvis for my... Why don't you get him a Chicago item? Favorite uh, band of all time, Chicago. I don't... like. I don't see any Chicago stuff on here. I mean, what Chicago thing? What would be a Chicago thing? Like, uh, I guess just the So we get him a first edition CTA. That's how they came out as. CTA? Chicago Transit Authority. <laughs> However, then they were sued from the actual Chicago Transit Authority, so you couldn't use a name. They just went back to Chicago. Feel like you need to get. I need to get you the Chicago card. It sounds like that's call your dad. Way quick. more. Can we get Mark on the phone real fast? No, it's not possible. No phone calls today. He's not. He's very busy. He's got a lot of uh, Chicago listening to do. I mean, if you want to call him, we can call him. Call real quick. I want to talk to his Mark for a second. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, it's not going to go any worse than it's gone. That's fine. No, no, maybe he'll be the peacemaker in the room. No, it'll be really good. I'm really excited to call him. Let's see. There's dad. also a note on here. Justin Gamble. Gamble. Is it? Is there two gambles in this kid's name? Oh, that typo? that's the guy. Well, I I assume his his real name is just Justin Gamble, but he's just a guy who uh, does repacks, and it's getting kind of like out the of breaker. Hand. You're saying like he makes, yeah, okay. but he's he seems much more social media focused. So I never um, heard of him. Yeah, he's got a YouTube page. I think it's got like nine thousand followers or something like that. But his content is much more focused on a younger crowd. But the breaks that he's been doing apparently have gotten some notoriety because in one oh, of like his Justin 2000 Gamble exposed, by the way, first thing that pops yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so like in one of the recent one of, uh, I guess one of his black box uh, re- repacks, he sold for $2,000 a pop. Some guy got like a $30 card or something like that. Some crazy thing. And he doesn't Sounds put up like, right. you know, pack odds or anything like that, or, or, or at least floor ceiling. And then, 
give any idea for what all is in there. So I can already tell you, I hate a this few kid. people did not care for it. And uh, he's now being roasted by a few other social media people. So. I'm just looking at his homepage on YouTube. It's, and he's one of these idiots holding up stacks of cash and all these big cards. Just yeah. spent 30,000. I, I, he might be the nicest person in the world. I hate his online <laughs> persona. <laughs> I already a, can tell you, I would watch these videos and want to stab everything about it. The thing about Ugh. so many of these repacks is like, people don't, I, I just don't get how people will trust anybody that they've never met. Like I, I'm telling I, you, dude, the repacks are so good too. They can be repacks can be done in a way where you can make your 10 to 20%. You can move inventory. Yeah. Just be selective about what you buy and be fair with your pricing. But you get stupid people like this who charge way too much. Yep. It kills me. We did a repack the other night. It was 155 bucks. There was a $45 card in there. That was the lowest 45, a couple of fifties. And then there were two or three, $350 cards. Balance it out and be upfront about it. Yeah, that's the reason though these guys are not upfront is if you can you imagine two thousand dollars, but the floor is thirty. <laughs> Probably not gonna do it. Gotta just why don't you just make it zero? Just have a box with nothing in it. I'd rather that than a box with a thirty dollar. There's card. a Justin Gamble in Gallatin, Tennessee. By the way, is this him? No, way, I don't know if it's the same person. Bro. I'm just saying it shows up on. That's him. That's Ooh. actually him. Um, that yeah, this week's lot though. There's not as much in the PWCC non-sport thing, so that was all I got. Um. At this point in time, I can call him, but it's... It's fine. We're moving on. Yeah, we're good. He loves Chicago. That's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. All right. Uh, let's do... Oh, man. I feel like there was something else in the picks from phone category that I did not have time to look through completely. Didn't you have some stuff from last week? I just feel like there's some article or news thing that we are missing out on talking about. Um, I talked about Taco Fractor. Oh, there was one interesting note. Blake Hernandez, the, um, or I'm sorry, Blake Martinez. There you go. Excuse me. Yeah. Tyler no. Hernandez. Yeah. 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 Uh, Blake Martinez got obviously kicked off of whatnot for what many presume of scamming people. Oh, scam, uh, scam, absolute scamming. That so company is trash. The, uh, the uh, issue that comes now is like, what do you do if you're Blake Martinez? Well, it looks like he is going back to the NFL. He's, decided that uh, he's going to try and unretire and rejoin the forces. I don't know where that's going to go, but it's just funny because the report that someone had put up on Twitter just said like uh, previously permanently banned from doing uh, Pokemon trading card sales after accused of scamming people now trying to re-enter the NFL. I just thought it was a very interesting uh, note for what happens if you try and scam people. You have to go back to your day job. In hey, this case, hey, real good. quick, just because I'm, I'm actually watching this kid's video right now. He made an apology. To this gamble kid, he it was an eleven hundred dollar box, and he pulled a sixty one dollar Christian Watson RPA. Oh, it was eleven hundred. Oh, I thought I read uh, heard two thousand, but okay, eleven hundred dollars. I guess that's not. And then they showed some comps that were pretty, like way off base about it. Yeah, he had gone. I went. I watched the video. He said like he went to Burbank Cards or Can something. This kid not hold the camera still. By the way, what the freak? Well, how am I supposed to watch this? Oh. I feel like Michael J. Fox is holding his camera. Don't what is going on that. here? Um, the whole time, just I don't even care that you scammed in your repack. People, hold the camera still. You don't have stabilization on their cameras anymore, dude. The camera is the more, more offensive thing. You ripped off somebody for 1100 bucks. The camera angle is the worst. Thing. I honestly have a theory that it's like a thing where for young people, it's almost like where you can tell it's made for young people is if the the shakier the camera, because the, I don't know if it's just <sighs> getting older. I'm getting sick watching some of these videos. They shake so much. Uh, anyways. Yeah. He said like he went to Burbank at the time. The card was worth like 580 or something where he pulled up comps and then you look at the comps and it's like, well, yeah, that card did sell for that around that time. However, that was also like a multicolor patch on that card. The one that he actually sold was like a napkin. So it's probably not going to be that much. Yeah. It just a lot of questionable shady stuff that comes into repacks. And it kind of brings the broader topic of repacks up of, Hey, if you're going to try and get into a repack, do it with people you trust. Don't just buy into anybody's. Yeah. And again, if you're making a repack, you don't have to get greedy. It's literally a built-in profit. Just do that. Yeah. Why do you have to take advantage? It, yeah, that's a problem. It's just people. But again, you know why you have to? Because I'm watching the rest of those contents. Like, we spent all this money. Look at all this crap. Yeah. I guarantee <laughs> half this cash, as soon as the camera got turned off, we've seen this happen so many times. Literally just handed the cards back and he got his cash back. It very Guaranteed. well may have been. That's the kind of content it looks like to me, at least. Um, all right. And here's a, a number of these comments, too. Not a single card pulled cover the, covered the cost of the box. Oh, really? Dude, if you're doing, no matter what it is, when we did 155 the other night, mm -hmm. multiple cards are 2x that value. Oh, like how, yeah, 
Yeah. But here's what I really appreciate about some people. And I, I don't know if you've been doing this or not. I know you give like a general idea. There are pack odds on these repacks that I actually, I'm all about. Like if you're going to do a repack, I would love to get some kind of pack odds. I don't give pack odds. I, I also make them one run at a time though. Hey, there's 15, like the other night, here's 15 boxes. The mm-hmm. floor is 50. And I also put in hobby packs. So you never know. You could hit something big. Sure. Cause like we, last year we hit a wander auto to five out of the pack that came out. We've hit some, we hit the uh, Kenny Pickett and Aiden Hutchinson uh, dual auto to 10 out of one of those packs. Oh, that's We've cool. We've hit some nice stuff. But my thing is always how many boxes total? What's the floor? What's the ceiling? And I usually, almost always, I provide pictures. I have the five card stands like in my frame for a picture. Oh, There's I got five. You. I will put the three worst hits you can get mm-hmm. and like the second or third or fourth best. I never show off the biggest hit because I just don't. It's, it's something I do. So, so well, I mean, but that's, you've also built an audience where people trust that you're not going to take advantage. That's of why them. it's sustainable. But no, I'm never yeah. able to make fifty percent profit on the stuff. Yeah, I'm just not going to do it. I think they probably are making a little more than fifty percent oh, on this. <laughs> you're selling sixty dollars cards for two thousand or eleven hundred bucks. You're probably killing it. Oh, by the way, we never did talk about your post that you put up about like just getting guys' opinions on buy selling. Mostly people oh, just wasn't... criticizing other people's opinions. Oh. Oh, that who are you like buying? I don't care what you think about me wasting my money on. <laughs> that doesn't sound like yeah, internet. Typical idiots in the group. There were people buying lively, though. I did mention that, and I got poo-pooed on that idea. But you did again, not. Well, you, you, you that, that is fair. You right. didn't say anything. You just said, I'm making a I think a you note. kind of were under the idea of, like, this lively kid came out of nowhere. And my point was, well, he was the 12th pick. 12th pick, he's yes. a, you know, He's a guy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I did pull another uh, performance sheet that just shows, like, it ranks uh, rookies this year. Wimbenyama is like highest on there as far as, and they factor in a number of things, you know, free throw percentage shots. He played well, by the way. And he played well in the fourth quarter against a pretty good Dallas team. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think most people are saying the fourth quarter is where he really shined. The rest of the game was like, you tell he is not used to the NBA. That's what European leagues he played, I think are a little more physical. It was a couple, I think he had two because he was in foul trouble the whole game. That's why he didn't play much. Yep. But a couple of those, like the running through screens, I bet one, maybe even both of those are not called where he where he's traditionally playing. Oh, okay. NBA is pretty soft with yeah. that stuff. So I, I do think it's stylistically, it's going to take some time to learn. Uh, but yeah, he was up first in this ranking. Derek Lively was second and Scoot Henderson was third. Brandon Miller and Eamon Thompson rounding out the top five. Yeah, I don't know. It, I think, I think it's, it's going to be a really good... I mean, you listen to basketball guys, which we will get one on eventually... They are pretty high on this class. That's what I mean. Like, like that's, really high. It so, felt like going great. into the season, it seemed a little bit more exciting. Okay, mailbag. We do have a few decent questions from this episode. Let's see. Um, we've answered this in the not too distant past, but we can kind of roll over it real quickly. Uh, Is that right? Is it the not? I know it's a not too distant future. Is it just the same, not your distant past? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. you can use it either way. I believe it. I'm just curious. I've never um, heard it. I'm, I was whelmed when you said it, but I... Don't you... R.I.P. Heath Andre. Ledger. Don't you dare. <laughs> he didn't say it, though. I he can was the that. star of the movie. Don't you dare besmirch that name. Here's a question for you. The female star... Julia Stiles. Not Julia Stiles. The other female star... The better looking It's okay. You don't have to know the name because I can't Man. remember the name, but I want you to know... I want to know from you, what is she known for other than 10 Things I Hate About You? She had a TV show. She was the star. Oh, really? Yeah. No, did you have cable growing up? I can't remember. No. I know. Okay. We literally, I know your wife did not. We got cable for the first time when mom married Jack. Wait, wasn't weren't you like 11 or something? 14. 14? I was like, I hate this guy. Why are you marrying him? And I was like, he's <laughs> oh, getting me cable? cable? He's great. <laughs> Jack's awesome. No, Jack's a great guy. Um, but yeah, it's the first time we got cable in the 14. house. Uh, this show may have already been off. I can't remember. It was right around that time. Was it before or after the movie? Oh, this was before. So she was younger? Yeah, she was in younger. It was Malcolm the, in the Middle. No. I, I have no idea. This I've was this show. a Nickelodeon show called The Secret World of Alex Mack. She I know, was Alex Mack. I actually Mack. know that name. Really? I, I've never seen a minute of the show, but if you say the name, I know it. Man. That, Mark Summers. Dude, are we? did you ever watch Nickelodeon? That's a thing we never talk about is like salute your shorts, like cat dog. Like if I was before a, SpongeBob Like happened. if I was at Grammys a little bit. Ooh. But I was more of a USA guy because I remember for months and months and months, they had like this USA Kids Club thing. Oh, really? And they'd do like the promotion on TV, but it was always so quick. I was like, I need a pen. And you couldn't <laughs> pause TV back then. And my grandma's like, shut up. We want Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, I was a I was a snick man myself. Wheel of Fortune, 7 o'clock. Oh. Jeopardy, 7.30 every night. You got to watch Jeopardy. A lot of Golden Girls. Um, yeah, all good all classic TV. Nickelodeon, Rose, though. Rose, Blanche, Pussycat. <laughs> Who's Pussycat? I don't remember that one. 
please. Okay. That tells me you've never seen the film. Uh, the question from Mailbag was Child. Andre. Look at Nickelodeon bringing us back together. Oh, get it's so ready nice. to fight? I wasn't that far apart. I just oh, wanted to. Your face was telling a different story, and I don't blame you. <laughs> Andre wants to know where, with the Fanatics spending a lawsuit for NFL, what do you think happens with Nothing. 2020, 2021, and 2022 hobby boxes? What? So he he wants to know about Panini hobby oh. boxes. Like what happens if the. I'll tell you what I think lawsuit. happens. I think what is, is going to happen, like happens all, all over the place with other stuff. People hated Upper Deck back in the day, basketball. Like, oh, it's expensive. It's not great. People hated Topps football for a long time and just thought, oh, it's overrated. It is what it is. A lot of people loved it, but a number of people disliked it. Everybody crabs on Panini now. As soon as it's not available, so many people are going to look back and romanticize it. And I think it's going to do great. I tell you right now, 10 years ago, nobody cared about exquisite like they do now. Nobody 10 years ago was like, man, I really want to get those old Topps finest football refractors. Now it's the greatest thing. Yeah. It's like everybody in the hobby craps on it. And then when it's not available, but remember when we had Panini, it was so great. In yep. the moment, everybody hates it. So I think it will be very safe going forward. Um, actually, that's a, I think that kind of ties in with Matt Schoen's question about like um, pricing. Matt Schoen's wanted to know more based on like how are some sports priced higher as far as their wax over their we, singles. And uh, we talked about this last week. We need week. to research this because this I is actually a whole am, segment. This is a whole thing that I was working on. I was going to try and do it today. but Can we do up, it for Monday show? That's the goal is to have something okay. done for Monday, at least for like, because I mean, we talked about doing like mosaic prism optic. I can, I think I can at least get one or two of those products, okay. um, but that is the goal. Uh, let's go to, so this is a interesting question. Um, again, I don't know why it keeps coming up, but Greg Fairness wants to know why are football products so much more expensive than baseball with football being so high return on investment. I feel like everybody's talking about we'll the talk same about topic. It. Monday's yeah. show. Listen. Yeah. We're, we're definitely going to have some more information. That is. Cody James, what type of rookies do you think would be a better investment of the rookies who are in Panini products, but tops only auto? Oh, like Will Levis, for example. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, numbered stuff. Like Will Levis right now, the best thing on the market, in my opinion, color mosaic refractors. Oh, okay. Is that what, uh, are you looking at those? Have you, is that the deal you're working on right now? I don't want to say it. I've said too much. Uh-huh. He said something. Aaron Persall, Wimby was awesome, especially playing fourth quarter with one foul to go. That was all he had to say. Agreed. He just to and again, the world when, just to be clear, the card world is going to react to Wimby like we react to everybody else that's really hyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he still stinks. He's still overrated. He's still overpriced. If you take all of the noise away from it and just, this is his first game and he's a teenager against, and again, in a, it was a very competitive game. Luca was going off. Kyrie played well at the end. He played really good in big minutes. The biggest fear. Do you still have a big fear of him getting injured? Yep. I think that's my biggest thing at this point. Cause he looks so good. He actually does look decent playing other than, you know, your point about playing more physically in the NBA. I just wonder if he's going to get he's himself hurt. He's a problem hurt. defensively too. That freaking wingspan is ridiculous. Oh, he, it's funny Dude, watching him trying to shots. dunk. He doesn't even have to, like, he's not even jumping really. No. He's just like putting it up there. And defensively, he alters like 28 foot jumpers. By it's just weird. He, yeah, yeah. He, he also though reminds me a little bit of Kevin Durant as a kid. Like Kevin Durant mm. coming in the league weighed like 160 pounds. He was nine feet tall. He was just this lanky kid. You know, I, yeah. it's not a physical league, so I don't get as worried about guys who are scrawny and scrappy like that anymore. Like I would have 10, 15 years ago. Uh, so Davy Jennings wants to know: Has Dusty Baker done enough to solidify his trip to Cooperstown? Oh, I bet. Yeah, he just retired as a, as the Astros manager. Yeah. I bet they put him in. Like a lifetime achievement type thing. He's been relevant for 80,000 years. So, yep. I would I would think he's probably an MVP, uh, a Hall of Famer. I am curious. As a have, manager, I would think. I don't think he was that great as a player. Do you have a take on the Diamondbacks v. Rangers? I actually love it for the hobby. I mean, obviously the ratings would have been much better if the other two teams won. But for the hobby, yeah. Corbin Carroll, this is going to be an amazing scene for by far the most talented and best rookie player in the league to be just totally showcased. Yep. I think that is amazing. You also have Gabriel Moreno on that team who's played really well this postseason, and his market is finally starting to respond to that, which is great. Uh, on the other side, you got a couple different stories. Josh Young, not nearly the rookie that Corbin is, but he's played, had a very good year before his injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, great for him. Uh, they have another rookie. It's either Josh Smith or Ezekiel Duran. I think Duran got left off the roster. I think. Uh, I wonder if Josh Smith is there. I don't remember. But even that, just the fact that the teams made a run will help them. Yeah. 
And then as, from a vet, two vets, Corey Seager had an amazing, almost MVP type year if he didn't get hurt. Maybe he gets some love out of this. And Adolis Garcia. Adolis has been making headlines too because he hits a grand slam and he walks and yeah. trots around. So they've got some vets and some rookies. So I think from a hobby perspective, this might be the best matchup we could have had. That's awesome. I, yeah, this Friday, first game. I won't watch a second, by the way. I know. I, I really I do, do not want care. to. I want to say I'm going nope. to, but now there's so much NBA going. It's hard to give up on that. Um, all right. Mailbag comes from, let's see, John Dudley, who is the number two at biggest active MLB name in the hobby after Otani. It's funny that he didn't say Trout first. He says, I had a hard time choosing amongst Trout, Judge, and Acuna, but I'm just surprised he put Otani number, not even number one. Not even close. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, not even. Um, I mean, honestly, I think Trout is on the decline. Yeah. Judge had a terrible year, at least the team did. Acuna had number. Right now, I would go... Otani, far and away number one. I'd go three, two, three, four, though. I would go right now, Acuna, Judge, Trout. That could all change next year. Trout comes back and is healthy. If Judge gets a crazy run going and gets make a playoff run, but right now, like Acuna is about to win another an MVP. He just had a historical season. I'd go one, two, three. Ronnie, Aaron, Michael. Davey Jennings. Again? Uh, he two got questions? In here. He got in two, but this one's not a basketball. I don't or, care uh, for this. Not an M- MLB, I should say. What do NBA rookies this year need to do to surpass the media storm that seems to only be surrounding Wemby? Oh, we talked about this. Yeah, you have to play really well, and I think you have to be on a relevant team at the end. Okay. Yeah. Or um, Wemby gets hurt and people start looking for the other guy. That's another easy solution. He does mention that uh, the lively guy again catching that lob from Luca. That was a pretty. Yeah. That slam dunk looked pretty awesome. Um, Very talented class. I think you're going to see enough. And honestly, if you believe in the other guys, it's probably a great thing for you because Wemby is going to suck up so much attention and his pricing will affect the other people's. So you'll probably be able to get those guys. Like if you took Wemby out of this class entirely, if he just mm-hmm. didn't exist, then like Thanos snap. I have oh. a rant about that. <laughs> I don't I don't have time today. Then other guys would sell higher. It'd be tougher to get them. Kyle Reed, last question. Can we stop? Uh, this is interesting. Can we stop with justifying repacks? He says it's a gamblers slash degen product. If you understand how to buy product, secondary market, retail, or hobby, it's a better bang for your buck. That is the worst take in the history of the world. Scummy retap packs are as bad as anything, but that is absolutely garbage. Everybody in the repack that we do gets at least 30% of their money back. You cannot say that about any of the products or any other break you just mentioned. You are totally wrong, sir. I'm not coming after you individually, but that's a stupid take. If you're looking just at the crap repacks, fine. But everything has odds and is a gamble. In my product, three guys of 15 are going to make significant money. Two guys made well above buy-in. That's a thirty. That's 33% of people in a break making money. That's Show me a product yeah. that happens like that. Also, you're going to throw in the two to three people that broke even. No, absolutely not. It's a, it's a horrible take. Well, I think the take is more of like a bigger comment on what people are seeing in the industry. If that's his take, it's probably because... He's seen you're watching the wrong guys then, dude. But that's what that's the but problem. T- but you know he's right, and you are. I, I no problem. But go look at what Eddie does with his black. Uh, what does Eddie call his? Uh, uh, hot Harry Harry hand, hands hot packs. H H H P. Yep, mine are the black boxes. I would put the value of those up against any hobby, wax, retail, and anybody else's repack I've ever seen. Okay. Period. Not even close. Um, we'll have some news probably in the next week or so too to talk about, and then um, oh, sad news, yeah. Well, we don't know about that. Well, I think people are going to assume one thing that we're talking about, but we're not. Um, what do you? Hang on, hang on. What do you think people are assuming it is that we're not getting picked up? Oh, we might. Maybe we'll just announce it all at once if we find out we're <laughs> not getting. If we do find out two, we're not getting, two announced. dreams come crashing down at once. They would never say that. Um, we're definitely getting picked up, but uh, there's a. We're also working on a couple guests. We are working on a basketball guest, and uh, if you guys have any other comments or thoughts on who you'd like to have on the show, please reach out. Let us know. Other than that. Uh, well, enjoy your weekend. That's you it. Monday, big wax review. I want to, I'm actually interested in that segment. So yeah, absolutely. All right. There you go. Sports cards and nonsense brought to you by the ringer podcast network powered by Spotify. See you on Monday. Goodbye. Bye.